the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is Morgan Zeggers, and today it's Friday. This has been a wild week. Um, A lot's been going on, a lot of news stories. And at the same time as all these news stories that are just completely devastating, my timeline is filled with absolute trash. I was going to try and find a nice way to say this. I I literally couldn't come up with a better word. It's trash. It's disgusting. There's chaos all over our society, right down to the most primal levels. And sometimes it's just like, oh, you know, you see a crazy video here and there. But at this point, it's accumulating into general culture where this is dominating. And so we're going to talk about it. The theme is just absolute chaos. At what point does it transition to from, you know, here and there, fringe weirdos that get a little attention online to intentional manufactured chaos, all with a purpose of bringing chaos and disorder to society, the removal of basic objectivity. You got to wonder. So with that being said, shout out to Libs of TikTok. We're going to get into it in a little bit. But I want to start with this little clip because Libs of TikTok pulled a clip on TikTok from at little trans punk. And I'm looking at a video right now. You want me to just describe? I'm going to do it. I don't want to be mean, but I'm just going to describe what I see. I see a man with a pixie haircut, grayish black hair, drawn on eyebrows, black lipstick, gray circle eyes with heavy eyeliner, um, hearts drawn onto his eye, like the sides of his face with like eyeliner or something, a lip piercing, a bunch of woke buttons on his denim jacket over a hot pink t-shirt, and uh, he's going to give us some advice on science, and he's going to tell you that you're a transphobe. So get ready. Let's watch it. So I will explain all the ways that it is okay. Let's say that you're attracted to women. Well, if you're attracted to a woman, then you're attracted to cis women, trans women without bottom surgery, and trans women with bottom surgery. If you're attracted to um, BJ, then you could be attracted to a cis woman, a trans man without bottom surgery, a trans woman with bottom surgery, or a a non-binary person, which depending on their assigned gender at birth, having or not having had the surgery. But it is that exclusion that makes it transphobic. So if you say that you like women and you like BJ, then that would mean that you're attracted to cis women and trans women who have had, who have had bottom surgery. It is just that exclusion that makes it transphobic. You can have a genital preference, but to exclude trans people is transphobic. You tracking? Are you guys following along? I don't want to have to see my friends, you guys, be sent to the gulag for transphobia in the future, okay? So I hope you are taking notes from this very credible source on science and biology and stuff. Um, You guys, there's some topics I want to talk about today. Um, First of all, there's updates on the crazy globalists that are trying to take over the world at 
the World Health Organization and the World Economic Forum. They both, if you've both been listening to my podcast, then you should be in the know by now. But just a reminder, they both just met this last week. And some things were said. Some things are happening, and there are some updates. Thank goodness. Um, some positive updates, I would say. And, of course, a crazy clip that I want to share with you guys. Next thing we're going to talk about, this this idea of chaos. I mean, that clip was just one, but there are, are probably thousands of clips at this point, thanks to Libs of TikTok for, for sharing them. Um, but there's grooming of children. There's a clip of, of just purely satanic abortion views that's going around the Internet right now, and it's just insane to me. Um, and then, of course, there's this com- just basic societal, not just gender roles, but societal roles of human beings. And then you can break it down into gender roles and how people have unique roles in society, in the family unit, in their communities, um, based on their gender. There, I said it. Oh, my gosh. Morgan's evil. Um, Morgan has internalized misogyny. We're going to talk about those things, and I'm, I'm just going to show you some very concerning information about it and some clips. And what, what does that mean for our future if these ideas, these ways of thinking and doing and being in our society are normalized? What does that lead to? And then I want to talk about this clip. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. We're going we're gonna to go through it. But it's a woman being assaulted on a New York City subway that's been going around this week. And there are just so many men on the train that are watching her get assaulted by this demented, drugged up, man in very limited amounts of clothing why are they not doing anything i saw the video and i posted in the comment section online i said where are the men how can they watch a young woman sit there and beg for help from the people around her her hair is being pulled by a stranger forcing her to sit there next to him and he's holding her down everybody's filming it and watching it it's perplexing and I, I just imagine myself in that situation. Like, if that's happening to me, is that going to happen to me too? Good thing I carry. But what? I mean, that's what I also don't like to go to New York City in the first place because I don't feel safe. But and they don't let you carry there. But but what if that was me? Like, would men really just look me in the eyes as I'm begging for help and let me get assaulted right in front of them? It, I don't know if it's just because I'm looking at it from that young woman's perspective of that could so be me, and you're telling me that there aren't men in society that would stand up and, and try and save me. It was horrifying from that perspective. Um, so I commented that, and I got some comments back. We're going to go through them. And then we're going to go through what I think is the real problem in that. It's not what the commenters were saying, but it's actually this this greater issue. Um, so with that being said, let's get into the podcast. All right, first things first, we're going to go over a quick update on this globalist takeover attempt. Perhaps we still have some time to fix this, okay? Um, Chances are slim, but we've got a chance. Come on. Um, This is interesting. This is interesting. House Republicans call on Biden to withdraw from World Health Organization. Now, before we get into this, you guys... Politicians send strongly worded letters and requests especially members of Congress, requests to other politicians and other parts of the government all the time. That's uh, pretty much all it is, Uh, especially if it's the minority party at the moment. Um, 
So that being said, I still want to look at this because it's nice to see that people care. It's nice to see that our leaders, there are some out there that are tracking this, that are concerned of this as well, because for the longest time, nobody was really covering this. I mean, Sean Ryan really stuck his head out to cover this in the first place. And this was before there was really anything out there except for a few other people talking about it. And even I felt very risky posting the episode to begin with because I didn't know, is this real? Did I just stumble upon some like, crazy conspiracy theory or am I really reading what I'm reading and I'm an, analyzing this to be accurate um turns out we were all right so that's good um also concerning but this is by Henry Rogers it's a daily caller exclusive let's get into the article just to look at the details because it's, this is going to be interesting for us to track and watch actually play out especially with the midterms coming up I'm sure there will be a lot more happening on this when the GOP is not in the minority hopefully fingers crossed after the midterms um the article starts it says Republican Wisconsin representative Tom Tiffany sent a letter Thursday to President Joe Biden calling on his administration to withdraw from the World Health Organization and requesting documents and communication between the Biden administration and the agency. Boom! Okay, now I really like this request for communications and documents. That's where we're going to really figure out who the heck in the Biden administration drafted this crap that gave political and financial power potentially to the WHO, these amendments that would actually do it. Who, who came up with that idea? Who sent it over? Was it the WHO that proposed it to American politicians and said, you guys should propose this as an amendment formally? We can't do it, but you could. You could lead the charge. Or was it the Biden administration, enemies within, deciding to do it themselves and give over power willingly? Who knows? But I have a feeling communist China is really cashing in on their purchases. You know what I'm saying? Um, Continuing. The Daily Caller first obtained the letter spearheaded by Tiffany and led by three House Republicans on the Republican Study Committee, the RSC. In the letter, the lawmakers slammed Biden for reversing the Trump administration's plan to withdraw from the WHO because that's what President Trump did, and then Biden went right back in as soon as he became president. Um, Sorry. Saying the Biden administration has not achieved any reforms to the organization. They further mentioned that in April 2022, Biden's administration proposed amendments to the International Health Regulations, IHR, that the lawmakers say would expand the WHO's global influence. So exactly what I said on Sean Ryan's show. The lawmakers then call for documents and communications between the Biden administration and the WHR and IHR. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden's decision, oh, this is a quote, Quote, Joe Biden's decision to re-enter the WHO on his first day in office perfectly represents his America last agenda. Oh, I love that. Okay, taxpayers should not be forced to fund a destructive and anti-American organization. The WHO must answer for lying about COVID and the lab leak theory, kowtowing to the Chinese Communist Party, and its role in promoting destructive global lockdowns. Republican Study Committee Chairman Jim Banks told the Daily Caller before sending the letter. Here is what the lawmakers request in the letter. First, the administration's proposals of amendments to the IHR, so they want to just see the the blank, plain submission that was put out, proposal of amendments to the international health regulations. Now, this is where it's really shady because it's impossible to find online right now. 
a lot of people are saying, oh, that's not real. This isn't real. This is fake, whatever. But if we got the administration to hand over with transparency what they submitted, that would be great. Next thing, the administration's participation in any proposed pandemic treaty conversations at the WHO. Yeah. I'm sorry, but a lot of taxpayer dollars go into this. These are our elected representatives. What the heck are they doing in such shady business dealings with the WHO, not telling anybody, and then all of a sudden we have to get blasted with some random news story about the fact that our sovereignty is potentially at risk and getting handed over to a Chinese communist puppet president of the WHO? Are you kidding me? Next thing, uh, discussions related to Taiwan's membership at the WHO. Okay, interesting. Also, apparently, footage just got leaked of the CCP talking about how they plan to invade Taiwan and and all of the military equipment they're going to need to do it. So that's fascinating. Um, Discussions regarding membership of the Assad regime and Russia and the WHO executive board. Because remember, guys, in the UN, in the WHO, even at World Economic Forum, you have dictators, mass murderers, um, Xi Jinping... Xi Jinping has concentration camps in his country, but he's invited to speak at the World Economic Forum because, you know, social justice and stuff. Um, But just like every other globalist group, there is also massive corruption in the WHO executive uh, team. Next thing, the selection process. The selection process for the WHO director general. Interesting. Now, remember, you guys, f- every five years. So this is what I'm confused about. I've got to do some research because if if it's 2022 and the election last time was in 2017, does that mean that we need to be keeping an eye on what's about to happen to whoever will come next? Is communist China, I'm sure that they're planning to carry out another attack at this level, whether that's buying more votes or... Uh, Who knows what, but maybe I'll do an episode on that. I'll do some investigation. But I like that Republican lawmakers are now requesting the selection process for WHO Director General because uh, China bought the election last time and put a Marxist-Leninist party member inside. Um, Last thing, efforts to remove item 25 of the WHO. So the article says, another point of focus in the letter is that Russia is a member of the WHO Executive Board the lawmaker saying Russia has full voting rights while Taiwan is excluded from membership. Quote, the WHO is a corrupt, wholly owned subsidiary of communist China, Tiffany told the caller. Quote, giving this unaccountable bureaucracy even more power after the incompetence of the last two years is like hiring the arsonist who started the fire to help you put it out. Bang, bang. The other lawmakers included RSC National Security and Foreign Affairs Task Force Chairman Joe Wilson and RSC Budget and Spending Task Force Chairman Kevin Hearn. The lawmakers asked for a response to the letter no later than June 1st, 2022, at 5 p.m. I'm filming this on May 27th, so we'll have to wait for next week for that. Uh, Daily Caller contacted the White House about the letter, to which they received no response. Interesting. We'll keep an eye on that one. So, um... On top of the shooting that happened in Uvalde, Texas, there have just been some demented things that I've seen this week. And usually, you know, you see one here, one there, one crazy video online, one weird headline story. But at some point, after seeing such an accumulation, it just drives me to a point of saying, this is no longer some fringe issue. The culture in our society is completely demented. Demented. Sometimes I just want to use the word evil 
in the, the truest sense, the truest form. Now, what, what got me on this, first of all, is all of these videos that I keep seeing. The story out of Texas with the shooting is insane, and I'll talk about that in a little bit in a second, but we're not going to go into detail because guess what? The details keep changing. It's impossible to get a clear read on what actually happened, and the more we find out, the worse it gets. So like I said in the last episode, we're holding tight on that one. This is not a current events news show where I spew out whatever the current details are because guess what? I think we should learn by now, we should have learned by now, that in politics with messy situations like this, the real information doesn't come out for quite some time. So that's why we're holding tight on that. Um, but there are some lessons, some things that just disturbed me from that that we're going to talk about. So what tipped me off to decide to do this kind of episode is after seeing all these demented stories coming in the headlines, the videos that were on my timeline this week were just disgusting. I see on top of all of that, that libs of TikTok, the Instagram account, they have many other platforms, but on Instagram specifically this week, they got suspended for being bad, I guess. Um, In reality, they just, the mainstream media, big tech, they hate that libs of TikTok has such a strong impact Why do they have a strong impact? Because the woman that runs the account literally just started taking the videos that liberals, leftists, woke people, specifically woke teachers, were posting onto the internet, proud about what they were sharing with their students, and maybe doing something like explaining what their random created pronoun was and how it was terrible if you didn't conform and and call them whatever pronoun they wanted to that they just made up in their mind. All of these crazy things the woman would just take the video that was publicly posted and then post it onto libs of TikTok. And it it helped consolidate and make sure that, that people like you and me, that I don't go on TikTok, I don't have TikTok, were able to see, oh my gosh, that's what these people are saying. And these are popular accounts a lot of the time. They are successful videos that, that do well with a leftist audience. And so it's just really shocking to be like, wait, that's what they think? That's what they're teaching our kids. That's a teacher that's proud to publicly post online that that's what she's sharing with our children in a public school. So I I was looking into some interviews with the woman that started the page and she said that it started out as just, you know, let's, let's share what these people are saying online. But then it turned into this, this general trend of more and more teachers, more and more people that are around kids that are talking about this in a very grooming way, sexual topics, uh, distorting basic biology, basic science, uh, bringing in black lives matter, LGBTQ political issues into the classroom, all of these different things. It became more and more, uh, teacher and inappropriate behavior in classrooms or just settings with children grooming. And it became a theme. And what happens is a lot of these teachers that feel so good about what they're doing in the classroom, they post it online, it gets posted onto libs of TikTok, and what do you know? As soon as the school finds out what that teacher is actually sharing in the classroom, and as soon as the parents especially find out, the school district, that teacher gets fired. That teacher gets removed from the classroom. So it's real-world impact. It's a fascinating thing because at first I just loved libs of TikTok because it was kind of funny. And then it turned more and more into these demented teachers, these demented adults that have authority over children when their parents aren't around. And it was fascinating. So Instagram is the most recent culprit of trying to shut down libs of TikTok. They recently suspended it. Now, I think as of yesterday, they were like, oh, it was an accident. It's never an accident, okay? Um, But many other platforms have done so. And not only that, but I think Taylor Lorenz, the liberal 
reporter from the New York Times, she decided to dox the woman that created the libs of TikTok account because, you know, it could have been a it could have been a Russia, a Russia scheme to sow division into America. She didn't know it could have been a foreign agent that created it. No, it was just a, a young woman in America that is frustrated with the woke radical left and made this account. But then the New York Times feels like it's the right thing to do to go and dox her and post her public address, even though she has a lot of hate coming from her from the left. So what they want to do is they want to intimidate us and stop us from doing these simple, basic things. And they want to say that it's evil and that we're the bad side. We're the bullies when in reality we're just taking public videos. Do you see how it just doesn't make sense? Now, that being said, if you don't follow Libs of TikTok, you need to go do that right now. It'll change the game for you. It'll change the game. Now, there is child grooming on the internet and in American classrooms all over. You guys, if you know me, you know that I'm going to homeschool. And the more and more I get into this, the more I create homeschool curriculum. I spend about an hour a day cultivating lessons and and themes and all these different things for my my future homeschool. I'm like, crap, I'm going to make a pod. Morgan's going to run a homeschool pod, a community pod. Maybe I'll even start a charter school. I see that as my future absolutely for sure. Um, being there for the the young children in my community. And I think everybody, when you think about this, I know I talk about homesteading and stuff, and perhaps you think I just want to like go isolate and never speak to another human again other than my family, but that's not the case. I believe in just rethinking what it means to be involved, what it means to have community, what it means to focus on family and education. And I want to get us away from these government systems and back into a system of community. And if you think about it in the sense of, you can't be a master of all trades. I've learned that, okay? I absolutely know that. As much as I like to learn my hobbies, as much as I like to learn all this stuff, I know that I can't um, do all the things I'd like to do alone. And people have different skill sets. And so that's part of the whole point of a community is there are people that are have strengths and weaknesses. And you're supposed to work together with people around you, whether they're in your family or not, to combine those tasks. I mean, maybe some women are better at their freaking sourdough starter. I can't seem to make mine work. And so perhaps somebody in my, in my neighborhood one day will, will help me with that. Uh, and that would be nice. I would appreciate that. And it's about sharing resources and knowledge and skills and trades in that way. Um, I see in the future a great contribution that I can provide to my community is by being that educational role. And that's not saying they have to send their kids to my full-time, you know, little homeschool pod, but sharing those kind of lessons and inviting children from the community in, if that's the case, that's what a lot of parents are doing these days. And yes, it's called homeschool pods. Um, So small numbers of students in a classroom and teachers, educators, whether they're hired out or it's just parents that feel strong in one area of education, one, one category, they take on the lessons for that subject. And I think it's absolutely beautiful. So um, getting back into that though, I'm so absolutely disgusted by what you see, not just in public school classrooms, but this is happening in private schools. This is happening in just clubs and Girl Scouts and all of these little innocent, innocent, innocent um, gatherings of children where adults are disgustingly stepping in and trying to groom them into things that they should never even be uh, hearing about for quite some time. So that being said, Libs of TikTok is filled with different kinds of videos, right? There's grooming of children. There are disgusting, satanic abortion discussions and stories from women that definitely not 
they're not promoting that, you know, safe, legal, rare concept that was just a a few decades ago, the main talking point of the left on abortion. Instead, I'm going to show you a disgusting video that I watched it and I said, is that, is that the devil speaking through that woman? Um, and then we're going to look into some other, some other inappropriate discussions happening with children. And the greater lesson here that I want you to consider this whole time when I'm showing you these is what kind of impact does this have on society? What kind of impact does this have on individual children, on their, their view of what the world is and what their role in the world is, of what their responsibilities are when they grow up, on what they think society should look like in terms of family units, in terms of having children, in terms of even getting married? What kind of impact does that have on the individual and family level and community level? But then what kind of impact does that have on a societal level? And I think, based on the decrepit things that I've seen over the last week, this is what we get for allowing our society to be so corrupted by anti-science, complete, complete, utter nonsense that lacks all objectivity. That's what currently dominates not just our politics, but our culture and the education and raising of our children. First thing that I want to show you, this is a teacher recording herself. So she, she recorded herself having a conversation with her children. Now imagine you're a parent. You work super hard. Society told you that, you know, you have to have two incomes in the home. Mama's got to be a good boss, babe, and drop the kids off at school and don't worry about them. Um, and so you do that. You do what society expects of you. You chase the usual, chase the usual path. We follow it. It's what culture says. And of course, if you choose to stay home with your kids, then society will tell you that you are just a leech on your husband. I've been called that before. I don't even have a boyfriend. And, and I will have feminists that say, wannabe homemakers, future homemakers, or moms that currently do actually stay home and, and are homemakers, they're leeches on their husband. And that's what the feminists uh, a couple decades ago, not a couple decades ago, a handful of decades ago when that last wave of feminism came before this crazy one, um, they, that's what they would call women that believed in the traditional family roles. Leeches on their husband and families because they wouldn't go out and they wouldn't provide for their family too, just like their husband. And I'm sorry, but that's one of the most demented things I've ever heard. And so, yeah, call me whatever you want. I really don't give a crap. I'm focused on the priorities in life. Um, that being said, say you do follow what society expects of you. You send your kid off to the government, taxpayer-funded education indoctrination system. And then you have no idea that, first of all, your kid's not learning the basics that they need. And they're going to graduate with very... Uh, a very small understanding of the world around them. They were taught to be a good student. They weren't taught to be strong, quality thinkers and contributors to society, especially when it comes to economics, history, policy, and current events, of course. Um, but you also find out that your teacher is having conversations like this with your little kitties. And actually, before I show you guys the video, let me just, let's do another description. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm watching this. This woman, she's going to, on video, play the audio recording that she actually filmed of her talking to four, five, and six-year-olds. Her caption is, talking to four, five, and six-year-olds about gender identity and pronouns after they ask if I'm a boy or a girl. Um, let's look at what this woman looks like. She's, she's sitting here. She's covered in tattoos, which is fine. I don't, I don't judge on that. But let's see. She's got a bunch of facial piercings, um, a, a 
Something's hanging from her nose. She has a buzz cut. Actually, oh, I guess I'm misgendering her. I guess she's not a woman. Uh, guys, it's a girl. Um, so I'm looking, and she has a buzz cut, and straight down the middle of her head is a line, and then half of her hair is bright red, and the other half is dyed bright yellow, kind of like McDonald's. I don't mean to judge. I'm just giving you a physical description of this person that is having this upcoming conversation with four, five, and six-year-olds in a classroom. Now, I will say, I read a lot about childhood development. And one of the most important things that I've read is that, yes, you should let your children be wild in the sense that they should explore and feel things and and, and have that kind of freedom to make mistakes in the, the most innocent way, though. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes they have to be able to spill a cup and then find out, oh, Oh, that's what happens. And and there's consequences to things. And as the adult, you, you are there to guide them and you're there to give them an understanding of the world around them so that they can come into themselves and say, oh, wow, okay, this is my role in society and I'm going to grow up. And as I do, I have this structure thanks to my mom and dad, thanks to the adults around me who showed me that this is how the world works. That's the most simple concept of parenting, right? But let me show you this. Let's let's hear it. And what I will say as well, sorry I keep interrupting. What I will say as well, just listen to how innocent the kids sound. Because we see a lot of the videos of the, especially on Libs of TikTok, you see a lot of the videos of the teachers and they're explaining what they usually talk about with their students. But you very rarely get to hear the child because this demented teacher decided to film herself and post it on the internet. This is how delusional they are. They think that they aren't going to get in trouble after posting something like this. So it's so strange because I've never before heard the young little four, five, and six-year-olds and how they react to this kind of information. If you think about it, they're just trusting the authority and they're saying, oh, okay, that's how it works. Thank you. Thank you, teacher. Let's listen. Yeah. What are you? I am like JJ, so I'm not a boy or a girl. So I have a question. Do you know why you call... How, how do you refer to a girl? You say she, right? Yeah. You say she is funny. And when you're talking to a boy, what do you say? He. He. And what should you say if you're talking to someone who is not a boy or a girl? Do you know? You say they. So if you're saying she is funny for a girl and you say he is funny for a boy, for somebody who's neither, you can say they are funny. Can you practice saying that? They are funny. So when you're talking about Coach Caroli, who is not a boy or a girl, what should you say? What are you? Exactly. I'm not a boy or a girl. So what should you say they instead of he or she? They are funny. Good job. Or what they are, are my coach. What are you? I'm neither. I am what the book calls non-binary. Can you say non-binary? Non-binary. I'm a boy I'm and a girl. You're a boy and a girl. And that's okay, and right? That's like you're both. Huh? Yeah, you can be both yeah, or you can be like neither. What do you feel? I can't tell you, but hang on. Let me. What do you feel now? You're a girl? Then that's what you are. I feel like a girl also. Then you are a girl. What do you feel like? I'm a girl. A girl? Okay, Emma, what are you saying you feel like? A boy and girl. A boy and girl. Yeah, so we can all feel different ways, and you know what? It is okay to change your mind sometimes. So, if you're talking about Coach Caroli, 
What these are these are called pronouns. What pronouns should you use? She, he, or they? They. They. Good job. If you're what talking. What you do to a boy, girl, and boy? What's that? What should you use for a girl and boy? Yeah. You can also use they or whatever feels right for them. Oh, maybe uh, he or whichever you want. Which, to call yeah, whichever you, whichever you want. So you can always say, hey, today I want to be a she. Today I want to be a he. Or today I want to be they. All right? Nice and easy, right? Is that hard? Is that confusing? No. no it's so easy. And where is the garbage? Where is the garbage? Well, that'll do it. That is just mass confusion. If you think about that on a, a larger scale, the more we hear that they're talking to our kids about this, those young kids are going to grow up to be massively, massively confused because they've been lied to about some of the most basic aspects of life. And it's not fair to the kids. It's completely inappropriate, and it needs to be stopped. Again, back to that concept of, oh, Morgan, but you want a homestead and homeschool and blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't like when people interfere in other people's lives. You're small government. Of course I am. I'm also caring about the future of my country and our community. I believe in a strong but small government. I also believe in government being very important at those most local and intimate levels. Not in the sense of they should control what we do on a day-to-day -day basis, but in the sense that we should care about how the people in our community are being treated and being educated, especially our most innocent. And so, yes, I will be sending my kids to a homeschool pod, and it's going to be awesome. And I'm super excited. And yes, I do believe in making sure that state policy and local policy is favorable to allow parents, if they want to, to send their kid to private school or charter school because there's states out there, blue states, want, they can't outright ban these kind of things. But instead, they just make it incredibly difficult to, one of, first of all, send your kid to a homeschool or a pod or a charter school or a private school via regulation and just just very onerous requirements and monitoring and reports that are required. But then they also make it incredibly difficult to start up your own private or charter or homeschool pod. Um, so they, they just want to make it as difficult as possible for you to get your kid out of public school. So I believe, even though I want to do a homeschool pod, I also believe in staying active and making sure that my state policy and local policy helps out uh, maintaining or even creating more educational freedom in that, that state. That's what it's called. Educational freedom is really the concept, and parental rights especially. Getting that, that one funneled system of, of just public school out of our minds. Sorry, I had to kill a bug. So with that, I see this kind of stuff, and I say, we need to not only focus on making sure that we're taking care of our own kids. We need to take the step further of saying we also need to make sure that the policies in our state and local government are favorable to educational freedom and provide options, and then take it that next step and say, but I understand some kids will go to public school. Some parents have to send their kids to public school. The world's not perfect, okay? Like I, I have an ideal of like what I would love every family and community to look like, of course, but that's just not reality. And to try and force humans into this utopian vision in our minds, whatever it may be, 
it's never going to work. And that's kind of the point of America is our founders made our constitution and our founding documents based around the laws of nature and nature's God. The idea that the, the rules of mankind, you can't change them, you know? And so part of that point is the left, whenever they see advancements in technology or changes and in things like media, they say, oh, well then maybe we need to rethink things like the first amendment because the world around us has changed. No, our rights do not change. We're placed on this world with rights God-given innumerable rights. And then our government is supposed to make sure that it lasts through changes in society and worldly things because the law of nature and nature's God just doesn't change, okay? So getting back to that point, though, is even though I have my idea of what I would like education to look like, I understand some people will have to send their kids to, to public school. And there is going to be this bureaucratic struggle that we face to make sure that our kids aren't put through some, ugh, icky factory-like machine where they come out complete sheep. So that next step is to also make sure that we're monitoring what's going on in the public schools in our communities and we're monitoring, monitoring curriculum. We're making sure that teacher sickos like this one don't get allowed to teach this kind of stuff to our kids. Do you see how this is multifaceted? We can't be selfish and only care about the education of our children if we care about the future of the country. So that's just one of them. Let's move on to the next. Let's move on to the next topic. Um, here we have a lovely satanic woman. And I want to remind you guys, these are all things that I just saw in my timeline just this week. And it, it just completely frustrated me of like, what, how far have we gone down this dangerous, dangerous path? Here's a mom. I, I, I can't even describe this because it's this sick. Here's a mom, a viral video on TikTok now. She's holding her newborn child in her hands. She's sitting on the couch She's holding the newborn child. It's like goo-goo-gaing in her hands, and you'll hear that in a second. And she's caressing its face, and she's holding it, and, and, and she's bouncing it, and, and she's talking to it at the same time, and she's saying something completely demented. I think the devil is talking through her, and I, I, I'm not exaggerating. Listen to this. I could have killed you, but I chose to let you live. I chose to let her live, as in I had a choice. All women should have a choice. Do you realize what you just said? Killed. I cannot wrap my brain around this no matter how I look at it. If you don't want to use the word kill, that's fine. If you want to use the word kill, that's fine. When you use hand sanitizer, you kill germs. I could have simply chosen to let you not exist, but I let you exist. I let you form past the zygote phase. Is that better? So yes, I realize what I just said, and I stand by it. If you want to get an abortion, get an abortion. If you don't want to get an abortion, don't get an abortion, but don't try to oppress my rights. Safe, legal, rare. Safe, legal, rare. So yeah, I think, I think I'm looking at the devil right now. I'm looking at my screen. Purely satanic to be able to hold your newborn child and tell, <laughs> tell the baby as it's right at your chest that you could have killed it. And that you have that kind of power over it. Do you see, like, where what happened where the conversation went from safe, legal, rare to now this psychopath? Um, disgusting, if you ask me. And unfortunately, more and more you'll hear from young girls these days who will just scream women's empowerment in your face. Um, and they don't even care. They'll talk about third trimester abortions as if it's no different than in the first few weeks when you first find out you're pregnant to them no matter what science you show them 
they're so politically driven and they're so indoctrinated into thinking that their bodies will be controlled. But if you've been listening to my podcast, you would know by now that when governments control your bodies in a reproductive way, it's often communist regimes um, like communist China where they have a one-child policy where if the government found out uh, just a couple decades ago, they were running out of resources. And so they limited you to only have one child. If they found out you were pregnant with a second one, they would come grab you from your home bring you to an operating table and forcibly abort your child against your will. That's what it means to talk about protecting women's bodies and their choice to do what they want with their own bodies. Your choice in what American women are always screaming about, how they don't have choice because men are controlling their bodies, male politicians. Uh, first of all, the abortion, anti-abortion movement is led by young women especially Lila Rose from Live Action. And uh, not only that, but your choice was to not participate in the creation of a baby. You are, you are not being forced into anything. So the idea that they are now considering it uh, a medical condition to be pregnant and an abortion is just a medical treatment to a medical condition, the way that they talk about these things in dehumanized babies is absolutely sick. And so I've never been able to see before an actual mother on the pro-choice side, telling her baby that she absolutely could have and have would have no indifferent would be completely indifferent to actually having that child killed. That's fascinating. Like, where do your biological primal instincts just vanish to? Because I feel like they must they have to have been like removed, and that gets us to that that further point of when you create chaos in society and you remove your primal societal roles and gender roles, perhaps this is what you get. Mothers that are capable of shouting political talking points while saying that they would happily kill their child as they're holding their newborn. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. How would I know? Let's move on to the next thing. So back into the ellipse of TikTok example more about children. This one, I don't know if you guys know this. I have a secret Facebook page. And by secret Facebook page, I mean it's a completely public Facebook page, but I just don't usually tell people. And so I kind of pretend like half the time it's not actually there, but I post, I found out I could make some money if I posted ranting selfie videos. And I never thought I'd see ranting selfie videos in my future. Oh no. But Morgan's got to finance that homestead. So, so sometimes I post these little selfie videos. And most recently I saw this shocking story again on libs of TikTok of a teacher, a teacher that was reading a book to their children. So I, I just want to, um, I could reread it, but I actually just kind of want to play the video because it ended up doing really well on Facebook. So we're going to listen to it. So you guys, I was just working, scrolling the internet, looking at what's going on in the news when I came across something from a teacher who teaches three to four-year-olds in Chicago. She tweeted, last week, I read my three to four-year-old students, quote, introducing Teddy a gentle and beautiful story about gender and being yourself. So what's in this book, Introducing Teddy? The product description of this book that was read to three to four-year-olds that are just starting to understand the world around them and basic societal structures, including gender and self-identity. The product description says, Introducing Teddy introduces the youngest readers to understanding gender identity and transition in an accessible and heartwarming story about being true to yourself and being a good friend. So you guys, again, three to four years old, 
This was read by a teacher in Chicago to not her children, her students. It says, one sunny day, Errol finds that Thomas is sad, even when they are playing in their favorite ways. Errol can't figure out why until Thomas finally tells Errol what the teddy has been afraid to say. Quote, in my heart, I've always known that I'm a girl teddy, not a boy teddy. I wish my name was Tilly, not Thomas. And Errol says, I don't care if you're a girl teddy or a boy teddy. What matters is that you are my friend. Now, it's really important to do things like teach kindness to children, to teach them to love their friends, even though they have their faults. This is not one of those situations, okay? This is not a book about teaching kids to be more accepting of their more different friends, because that's a different lesson. This is normalizing in young people's minds, young three, four-year-old children's minds, that you can change your gender based on any random decision that you want to make, that it's something that's changeable. As an adult, if you want to make that decision, I, we can't stop you. Go ahead and make your weird choice, to be honest. A lot of people do it. Some people are happy when they make that choice. Others end up being more sad. That's a personal thing. It's a completely separate conversation when you're talking about convincing three to four-year-old children when they're just getting their grasp on how the world works, that gender, sex, the same thing, can be switched whenever you want, that a doctor just kind of guesses. There was recently a, a teacher that was exposed on TikTok for explaining, thinking he was proud about this. It's not like he got exposed. He was proud to post this online that he says that, and then he got called out for it. He says he explains to his kids in his classroom that the doctor just guesses what your gender is based on your physical parts, and sometimes he's wrong. And so then you can correct him. And, and as you come older, you say, actually, I was a girl, doctor, you got it wrong. Um, this is very disturbing. This is more about the normalization of very, very inappropriate and disturbing aspects of adult society that they're pushing down on kids. And so what is it also? It's grooming. It prepares and normalizes this sexual discussion with children from a young age. I was also just looking at a different video of an elementary school where the elementary school gave out questionnaires to the students about mental health. First of all, why, are, why is there a mental health questionnaire for elementary kids? I mean, unless it's about the basic emotions, then what the heck are you talking to those kids about? The weird thing about it, though, is that it asked kids what their sexuality was. Elementary school kids, the questionnaire asks, what is your sexual identity? What are your pronouns? This is just becoming disturbing at this point. It's really important for us to understand who's educating our kids. I understand some people need to send their kids to public school. If you do, you need to be monitoring what is taught to your kids, who the administrators are in that school, and what teachers they have. Do the teachers have a social media platform, and what are they saying that they're sharing in the classroom? Not only that, but if you can get your kid out of public school, I am begging you to do it, okay? Now is the time. There are plenty of states that support economic and in, or not economic freedom, yeah, but educational freedom for your family, whether that's with making sure the taxpayer dollars that you're paying into the system follow your child and don't just go right to the public school. So then you can finance your child to go to a different school, a charter school, a public school, a homeschool pod, or you could homeschool yourself. I know society makes it seem like Homeschool is just crazy weirdo thing to do, but we have millions of people homeschooling in America today. And it's because a lot of people are waking up and I will be homeschooling my kids. It's much easier than you would think. And if you say, oh, I, I, 
we both go to work, both parents, and we can't possibly do it, a lot of us need to start understanding that there are more important things than what society is telling us is to focus on, okay? Raising our kids and the next generation of this republic is the most important thing on our plates. And that's just, that's just that. So there's that. I know that these were random videos, but it's just becoming too frequent. Are you guys noticing this too? It's demented. It's all over my timeline these days. And it's just school district after school district after school district. And I simply will not be outsourcing the raising and educating of my child. So with all of this, you, I, I go back to this one question all the time. Is it intentional or is it just incompetence? And I think there's a mix of both, but the more I see this deterioration of our culture, I just have to start thinking it's more and more intentional. This chaos that's been added to our society has serious negative impacts. Now, one story, um, like you guys know this, I say it in the beginning of every episode, we have the Freedom Record episodes coming out soon. Freedom Records. And one of the women we interview was actually a Red Guard under Mao's communist Chinese regime. Um, they took all the college students, all the youth, took them out of school and sent them to the countryside to be trained up a part of the Red Guard. If you haven't heard of Mao's Little Red Book, he wrote this tiny little red book that um, everybody was required to have and study. And, and I mean, all Chinese people. This is in like the, he came to power and started to really do this in 1950s and on. Um, but the 60s is really where this cultural revolution took place. And basically, you had to follow the rules of the Little Red Book that he wrote, which were all the the plans he had for communism, his ideals rooted in communism for China. And to transition into the concepts of the Little Red Book, the Cultural Revolution took place where they got rid of the four olds, and so they removed old habits, old customs, old traditions, and one other, but my mind's losing it right now. Um, and so they wanted to just completely get rid of culture. And so think about it in America where it's like we have traditions, we have customs, we have things like 4th of July, we have our founding, we have things that we're just so proud of. In Texas, you have the Alamo. So all of these basic aspects of society that people kind of used to rally around, that people used to be proud of, um, they all have to be shouted down and removed. And so once you remove those fabrics that weave us all together, it's kind of hard to keep people on track. It's kind of hard to have that one uniting sense of identity. So the Cultural Revolution removed those those ideas and those people that wanted to continue to support them and replaced them with Mao's Little Red Book policies and, and the philosophy there. The, little, the Red Guards were trained up, removed from schools, sent out the youth to the countryside, and trained up to be an army that would enforce the um, carrying out of the Cultural Revolution. And so Mao actually lost complete control of the Red Guard because the different groups within that military group were warring with each other. And so Red Guard groups would attack each other because they would try and accuse each other of not caring enough about the Little Red Book and not being dedicated enough to Chairman Mao. And just it became insane because they were completely indoctrinated. But... Um, Jivan Fleet is the woman that we interviewed who experienced this, and she explained to us that similar in America now where they're, they're very much pushing this LGBTQ community onto our children. Um, it, I won't go too far into that, but it's, it's just all over the place these days. Similar to 
what we have in America today with this rise of this this alphabet mafia. What we see here is this this weakening of men. They want to feminize men while also making women more masculine. And she says in China specifically what they would do is they wanted to remove womanhood. And so they wanted to make women more masculine and they would attack women. They had red guards beat, kill female teachers that she knew for doing things like wearing maybe a, a red bandana around their neck because it was just so feminine. It, they, they would be accused of caring about their beauty and their looks and that's not a proper uh, thing to do in Mao's communist China under the Cultural Revolution. And so they, they would get beaten or killed for doing things like trying to embrace their, their womanhood in, in that sense. And so they wanted to make it so that there was basically just one gender and everybody was kind of the same. Everybody was more so just a human that could be controlled all for the greater good of the collective, assigned into their roles and everything. So obviously I'm not explaining it very eloquently, but when she's explaining it, it's, it's fascinating. And she connects it to the fact that it created a chaos. When you remove those primal requirements of, of what, fulfills humans because men and women are different you start to create chaos confusion and and sadness because people feel lost and unfulfilled and she sees that happening in america today with this constant woke push now remember you guys we've got cultural marxists leading black lives matter we uh, are trained marxists and friendly reminder that patrice collars is very proud that her book remember she's co-founder of black lives matter she's the one who is just saying this we uh, are trained marxists she is so, so proud that her book is compared to Mao's Little Red Book in China. And I was speaking to this uh, young person from Arizona who's trying to fight uh, SB 1070. And I was, he, he, he grabbed a book and he said, it's like Mao's Red Book. And I was like, man, that's what I was thinking. And it was just really cool to hear him make that connection. I was like, how about you buy like 10 to 15 of these books and you all have like a youth, like, organizing group where you talk about it and you really try to engage this and we can just kind of we need to build off of this and so that leads me to um, a point that I I actually wanted to kind of focus on today which is um, I think I have a a really important role in speaking to youth I, I have maybe it's because I came in the movement at 17 and a half so I have like just a knack for knowing how to organize young people into this organization and kind of teach them this this politic and then hear them now organize other people. Back to that same question. What kind of impact does this have on our society when at the most individual, intimate levels, we're confusing young girls and boys? Well, it looks like the indoctrination of teachers grooming children in the classroom is working because look at this. It's from Gallup. A recent Gallup poll, it says Americans who self-identify as LGBTQ in 2021 by generation. Um, Traditionalists, so born before 1946, 0.8%. Baby boomers, 2.6%. Gen X, 4.2%. And when you look at those slight increases, um, that can often be attributed to the fact that just in general, as time has gone on, we've become a more accepting and and progressive, not in the radical left progressive sense, but we've just become more kind if someone is different. And so people that maybe do have actual gender dysphoria, which is a medical condition where in their minds, it, just the makeup of their genetics 
actually leads to to gender dysphoria. It's a whole thing. It's like an actual thing, but it's not the the trend that you're seeing today. You see these little increases from 0.8 to 2.6 to 4.2 between traditionalists and Gen X because as a society, we have become kinder to people that are a little bit different. And so over time, those generations have slowly felt more comfortable to self-identify with those things. That is completely different now than the from the massive jump that we see with millennials and Gen Z. So Gen X, um, like I said, 4.2%. But millennials, this says born between 1981 and 1996. 10.5% of us are LGBTQ. But then Gen Z, born between 1997 and 2003, 20.8%. A fifth of the population, one in five people, are now LGBTQ. It's very, very interesting. Perhaps their indoctrination is working in the classroom. I would say it is. Now, we have a lot of problems going on in society, and that's what I want to transition into next. But like I said, I'm not going to talk about the school shooting right now because we just don't know enough. But Nick Foster on Twitter had a an interesting take on just the whole thing because I encourage you guys to look this up yourself. Okay, I'm not going to talk about it yet. But this boy was very troubled. Apparently, he was transgender um, from what we do know so far. He was very troubled. He would cut his face on purpose um, and tell his friends about it. He's told his friends and lost friends over it, saying that he wanted to kill people. It's just clearly a troubled person. And apparently now we're finding out that he also came from a very troubled home. So first of all, Nick Foster tweeted, and he said, maybe if we demonize masculinity more, shame boys more, and remove even more fathers from the home, young men will start behaving better. That might work. Um, and, and that's, I would say, very simple and very clear, concise, but, but accurate. I think that's very, very real. That what we face right now is a lack of masculinity. Our families have deteriorated our understanding of what parents' roles should be in society and the importance of what it really means to raise a citizen, a child into an adult in society, we have completely abandoned those concepts. That being said, I hate to say this, but it's such a good example. The parents of the Texas school shooter, if you ask me, complete idiots. And it really is indicative of the fact of, oh, well, that explains how you get to a situation like this. Their child killed, what, 20 people at least? 18 children? The father's statement was, he should have just killed me. My mom tells me he probably would have shot me too because he would always say I didn't love him. That's what his dad said. But what did his mom say? They aren't together, by the way. His mom said, I have no words. I don't know what he was thinking. He had his reasons for doing what he did. And please don't judge him. I only want the innocent children who died to forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive my son. I know he had his reasons. It's, <laughs> we talk about the dangers of coddling children and what that could lead to, the participation trophies. And, and I know people use that example all the time, but it, it, it's representative of something greater, 
of not having expectations for a child and guidance for child for a child to transition from a child into an adult and take on their roles and responsibilities in society. When you have parents like this, I'm sorry, but it's really not surprising that you're going to grow up to be troubled. You're going to grow up to to not reach your full potential that you really could. And perhaps if you had different circumstances, you could have. That's what the, the mom and the dad said. And they're not together. And some of the other statements they made were along the lines of, I, I have no idea why he would do something like this. He's not violent or I, I, I can't believe it. He would never do something. He loves his grandma. He shot his grandma in the face. He walked into the school. All I'll say is this. He walked into the school. When he got into the classroom, he squatted down to get eye level with the kids. And he said something along the lines of, it's time for you to die. He's a sicko. And then his mom goes on and says, he has his reasons. I don't know why he would do it. He's not a, he's not a bad guy. So when you have that kind of disconnect in the home, what do you expect? All right, next thing. Taking on that same concept of creating chaos in society by discouraging or even erasing expectations and roles for humans and for the separate genders. Another clip drove me crazy this week. And it was this video of a woman on a subway in New York City. It's a pretty busy little train car. And there's a psychopath screaming and walking about the train and eventually sits down next to her, grabs her hair, is assaulting her, and forces her to sit there next to him as she is pleading for help from anybody on the train. There's grown men. They look large and strong that could clearly step in. And I, I don't know how else to explain it other than as I'm watching it, in my head I'm, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is society this bad now where... If I was alone like this woman on a train, first of all, I don't go to New York City, so um, I guess I wouldn't be in that situation and I carry. So in those situations, I could protect myself because I'm generally in freedom-loving areas where you can constitutionally carry. Um, but I guess if, if I'm in a situation like on a city, train, subway station, and I'm being assaulted, I could literally be staring people in the eyes, begging them for help as I'm being assaulted by some strange homeless looking man in a skirt or whatever he's wearing and they will just look back at me do nothing hide by looking at their phones or film it as grown able-bodied men and I'm watching it and I'm wondering where are these I just thought that men had a primal instinct to protect and defend the weak. Isn't that, am I going crazy? Have they rewritten history and science so much that like now it's not a thing? But I swear, I mean, I used to hear that, right? Isn't that a manly primal thing? Like if a man is seeing something like that, he feels the the immediate urge to go boom, step in and just quickly save someone who's being assaulted, especially somebody who's weaker, a woman or a child even, or even if it's a smaller man than him, whatever it is, like, is there not a primal instinct inside of their bones, their DNA that says, 
I need to step up, stand up and do this. Even as a woman, like I, I know I'm not physically capable. I probably wouldn't have been able to stop that guy. But again, that's why it's important to be able to carry. And it's scary in New York City. I don't even think you're allowed to have pepper spray there. Jeez. But it's why it's important to be prepared with as a woman. It's to have tools is kind of like an equalizing force because we physically can't overpower someone like that. But the point is like, even I am watching it and it's like, I would want to intervene or stand up. So I saw this video posted. I don't, oh, libs of TikTok again. Look at that. Just killing the game these days. Um, I see it on libs of TikTok and I'm absolutely shocked. And I commented on it sometimes. I don't usually comment on like social posts, but I commented on it and I said, where have the men gone? This is outrageous. And the comment got a thousand likes, so that was kind of funny. Um, but the replies to this, you guys, are fascinating. Before we get to the replies, I want to show you this video in case you haven't seen it. Now, it's a little bit hard because it's more of a visual thing, and I, I understand this is an audio podcast. Sorry, you guys. I hate showbiz. I'm an audio podcast girl only. But we're going to watch this, and I'm going to try and describe what's happening in the video. So... We're going to do a little voiceover action. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> so, play. So we see people sitting on the, the subway. And there's some crazy guy yelling. He's in like, le- I guess this might be a, a gender fluid person or something. I don't know how to just, I don't know what words they want us to use, but he's wearing like black tight leggings and then a puffy winter jacket looking thing that's a crop top. And so like his, his belly is exposed. And as he's running around screaming like this on the train, you can see that everybody's just still looking down at their phones. So now he, he finds a woman and he goes and sits right next to her. Oh, oh, okay. He sits down. Everybody is on their phones. The women all think, I don't know, like maybe if I just keep my head down, I'll be fine. No. One of the women following the path with everybody else is also just looking at her phone, trying to stay out of the situation. Nope, he picks her. He goes and sits right down. All of the people in that area start to stand up to try and leave. This woman also tries to stand up and leave. And as she does, he grabs her head grabs her hair, and pulls her back down to sit next to him. He's pulling her hair, pulling her hair. She looks very, very scared. She's crying. He's pulling her hair still, holding her down next to him. And she starts looking at everybody, mouthing, mouthing, help me. Everybody, nobody has moved. Everybody is standing there as he's physically holding her down by her hair next to him on the, on the train. Everybody, nobody has moved a single ounce. Everybody's still on the phone. She's literally just, her head is being pulled back by this man. He stands, oh my gosh, he's standing up and he's dragging her across the train by her hair. He just shoves her in the back. He shoves her in the back and then he takes off. Okay. Holy moly. Nobody even physically moved. I don't know what the heck those women were thinking. I just I should just put my head down on my phone and maybe he won't bother me. No, you look like a victim. Um, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, you guys, but um, I, I can't remember if they asked like rapists or murderers or somebody, but they investigators went into a prison of people that uh, were in for a long time. 
and they were in for uh, attacking women. I don't know if it was sexually or if it was just violently, but they were explaining like what makes them want to go after a woman. And it turns out that all you have to do is be situationally aware. All you have to do is make eye contact with these sickos and it'll freak them out. They'll be like, Oh, I don't want to mess with her. But if you don't make eye contact, if your head's down, if your head's in your phone, or if you just look weak and timid and you're like trying to avoid eye contact with the guy, that's when he will think, great, I've got a weakling. I'm going to go after her. And so I always, I'm always like making eye contact with people when I'm walking and running on trails and stuff because I ain't going down like that. Um, but that was a fascinating, I don't, I'm sorry if that was a weird voiceover, but I was trying to explain it's It's a visual situation and I see it and I'm shocked to see so many men in the train car just watching this woman be dragged around by her hair. He's pulling around by her head. And he's clearly a sicko. There's other women that are also at risk. Like I, I just see it as like the, the situation could be 10 times worse. Stop him now before it gets any worse. That's in my head at least. So I comment on it and I say, <laughs> I say, where are the men? She's literally like, she's literally mouthing to all of these men. Please help me. Help me. She's crying. She's being dragged around by her head and everybody's just staring at her, or staring at their phones or filming. And so I comment and I say, where have the men gone? This is outrageous. And I want you guys just, you know, experience this with me. Experience the comments section with me for just one moment because it's fascinating. So there's there's a bunch of different answers to this, but what really irked me were the excuses from men. And I'm going to try and find some. There was also just some random comments too. Some people were joking of like, they're eating soy, they've become women. Um, one person said this is black privilege in full effect. No man's going to think it's worth being canceled by mainstream media pr to protect or have empathy for a stranger. Everyone who pushed BLM is to blame for the lack of action to protect strangers. Now that's interesting. It plays into what I'm going to bring up at the end of this. Someone says no one wants men to be men anymore, so here we are. Someone said not trying to go to jail after trying to help someone. We've seen many times how it has gone down. Help yourselves from now on. Ah. <sighs> Someone said strong, independent women don't need no man. That excuse, the fact that there are definitely feminazis out there who like cry about a man opening a door for them, that should not be the reason that men build animosity towards all women and see us all in the same light. I have, I know men have problems. I don't blame all men for, for weak men though or for emasculine men or for jerks and all this stuff just like how not all guys are cheaters it's you can't have a bad interaction with some of them and say that they all suck but for men grown men to say well that's what the feminazis deserve you're telling me if i'm getting assaulted on a, a train and you see this you're gonna look at me and say sorry honey you're a strong independent woman you don't need a man according to what culture tells us where's the primal urge to go beyond the crappy statements of society and protect a weak woman I don't know. Someone said we got sued, arrested, shot, stabbed, lives destroyed slash lost, family named drug through the mud. While people like this get off without prosecution in these cities, it's no longer safe to intervene in other people's problems. Someone said they've been suffocated by feminism, which goes back to that's not a good excuse. Someone said, why would men want to help a woman after being told that they have toxic masculinity, chastise them for mansplaining, and told them they are not needed because women can do anything a man can? Again, not a good reason. That uh, completely unmanly to use that as your excuse. Pathetic. 
you could give me the reason I'm about to talk about it in a second, but I don't want this, oh, well, that's what you feminists deserve. Because I, I truly wonder, like, me, I'm a traditional woman. I embrace gender roles. I talk about this stuff all the time. You're, you tell me that I'm going to get assaulted on a, a train, and people will tell me, sorry, the liberal women, they wanted equality. This is what you get, Morgan. Someone said we're toxic, remember? A nice, sharp reverse elbow to the nose would have helped that lady out. Yes, I agree. The The woman just kind of like stands there as her head's being pulled. I would go, watcha-cha. Okay, don't actually go watcha-cha, but take self-defense classes and then learn how to professionally watcha-cha. Someone said it's a woman versus a woman because this guy looks like a trans guy. Trans girl? I don't know. Someone says, I won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Some poor dude might end up in jail trying to help and might also get BLM protesters screaming outside his house. Yeah. And that's, again, to the theme. We'll talk about it in a second. Someone said they were raised by the last generation of feminists to shut up and leave women alone because patriarchy. Someone said, no offense, but I want no part of this. We just want to be left alone at this point. Too many batshit crazy people out there. Where's my mountain? I'd rather fight bears and wolves. <laughs> so th- that's the thing. I, I get it, okay? If you're not... In the city, you don't want to be associated with all the problems there. I I totally get in general, like, yeah, I stay away from cities too. But I mean the men on the bus. Like, where's the primal instinct to help and stand up? Someone said, men ain't going to put themselves in danger when women don't act like ladies. This is equality feminism wanted. You don't get masculine leadership a la carte. This is a good comment. Someone said, these comments answer the question. The law doesn't encourage us. The politicians don't encourage us. Women don't encourage us. Jobs don't encourage us. We're out there, but most likely not in the same places as these crazies as well. That's a good one. See, and then we have another wuss who says, oh, now you want our help? Sorry, we're all being non-toxic now. See, it's like, that's completely unmanly. Okay, come up with a better reason. Someone said, look at all these disgusting replies from men excusing themselves for not standing up for women, all bitching and moaning about how feminism has hurt their precious feelings, absolutely disgusting misogyny on display, almost worse than that dude assaulting the woman in the view of everyone. They'd rather stand by and watch a woman be assaulted and complain that it's all women's fault. Honestly, kind of agree with, you know, it was a little harsh at the end, but in general, it's disgusting to hear this kind of stuff from men. I don't care what society pushes onto you. You still need to act in your expected way and stand by your values. Stand by those values. And if your reasoning is more so along the lines of what the criminal justice system and politics will do to you then, then yeah, I'll take it. I'll take that reasoning. And just a couple more. Some guy said, random women on the train are not entitled to any man's safety provision. You have to marry a man for that entitlement. That's that's not how it works. And again, I thought the primal instinct was that you protect those weaker than yourself, especially when they're being attacked. But, you know, who am I? I have no idea. So I think that's a completely pathetic and unmanly take. The guy then said that this was unwomanly for me to expect men to provide for safety without commitment. What? (laughs) This is not a marriage. This is a random stranger on the train who's getting assaulted. Um, But then, you guys, let's transition into the next thing because the last comment that caught my eye, someone said... Ask Jonathan Pentland. Bada bing, bada boom. Let's transition into the last thing. So it just so happens that I had heard the Jonathan Pentland reason from someone else as well. I was texting someone and we were talking about the situation. And he sent me an article. And I almost forgot about this story. He sent me an article and he, a picture. And it was a picture of this this man, Jonathan Pentland. And he said, does this picture mean anything to you? And I was like, 
I couldn't really remember. But either way, he followed it up with a message and a link to the article. So we're going to look at the article in a second because the article is from CNN and has quite an interesting explanation of events from CNN's point of view. But um, this man texted me and he said, uh, Jonathan Pentland, drill sergeant at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, decorated active duty soldier, a mentally ill black man, see photo, had been wandering around his neighborhood for weeks. He had sexually assaulted young women and even attempted to snatch a baby from a stroller. The police did nothing for weeks. Pentland's wife ran into their home crying because the crazy man was back. So Pentland went outside to confront him. Someone filmed the encounter where Pentland gave the guy a few harsh words and a stern warning and kind of shoved him. Next thing you know, the video goes viral of racist soldier assaults black kid. An angry mob surrounded his family home, and the do-nothing police show up to arrest him and charge him with assault. That's why I have a hard time instantly joining the internet chorus of, oh my gosh, if I was there, I would have kicked his ass. <laughs> um, so, first of all, if you're going to have a reason for why he didn't stand up in a situation like this, it cannot be, well, that's what you women deserve for the feminazis of your gender. Um, no, it's got to be a good, solid, foundational reason like the Fort Jackson example. Okay, let's read this link. It's by CNN. The title is Fort Jackson Soldier Found Guilty of Assault for Shoving Black Man. Interesting turn of events compared to the actual situation that happened. The CNN article says the Fort Jackson soldier, seen pushing and threatening a young black man in a viral video in April, was found guilty of third-degree assault and battery on Monday, according to the Richland County, South Carolina magistrate. In April, Jonathan Pentland, a sergeant first class, was suspended of his army instructor duties after a video showed him shoving the young man, using profanity and saying he was, quote, in the wrong neighborhood. A judge ordered Pentland to pay $1,087 in a fine or spend 30 days in jail for the misdemeanor charge. An attorney for Pentland said he is looking into challenging the decision. Quote, as quoted in several of the local media outlets, Mr. Pentland stands by his right to defend his family and home from a genuine threat and is deeply hurt by the situation. Taking the stand during the trial, Pentland said a neighbor banged on his door and asked for help. The neighbor said the victim had been bothering her daughter and grandson. The victim, quote, stated he, he minded his own business before Pentland approached him. In the video, Pentland is seen pushing the young man shortly after Pentland tells him, you are aggressing in the neighborhood. Quote, you either walk away or I'm going to carry your ass out of here. <laughs> And then the young man responds, I did not do anything. Quote, I am about to do something to you. You better start walking, Pentland says in the video. You're in the wrong neighborhood. Get out. Pentland's attorney claimed that there was a, quote, lack of investigation into the background factors regarding Mr. Williams' actions leading up to the small portion of the encounter captured in the viral video. The Richland County Sheriff's Department said in April there were two previous incidents reported to deputies involving the young man, one allegedly of him touching a woman without consent, the other involving him allegedly picking up a baby without permission. That's one way to phrase it. <laughs> the department claimed the victim has a, quote, underlying medical condition that may explain the behavior exhibited in the alleged incidents. Well, that makes a lot more sense for why a good man would not want to stand up to randomly help a stranger, I'll tell you that. Um... This is a complicated issue. Very complicated. My first thought is, if you are seeing immediate violence happen right in front of you in a closed space, and you could stop it, you should stop it. I do not accept the 
pathetic excuses from any men saying, well, this is what you women deserve if you wanted equality. That's ridiculous. But I do completely understand when you have many, many examples. This is just one of the Fort Jackson soldier, Jonathan Pentland. When you have those examples, I completely understand why men would choose to refrain from getting involved in a situation like that. But when you have society that discourages standing up during a violent or potentially threatening situation the way that you should, the way that we used to expect men to do, then violent things will happen. The situation will get worse. And that's where society is starting to decay. And people are starting to feel very unsafe. And you don't have basic expectations of safety and security when you're walking around. So what a fascinating turn of events. I mean, like, truly, we have so many issues going on. And it's all utter chaos. But at the same time, you have to wonder how much of it is created intentionally. Um, with that being said, you guys, thank you so much. Um, let's listen to Nancy Pelosi because this was a deep episode and now I want to just laugh. We do want to say to people, come to Chinatown. Here we are. <laughs> okay. I hope you guys have a nice weekend. If you want to buy a flag from me, go to ZegersFreedomFlags.shop, baby. Use code FREEDOM for free shipping. The Freedom Records is coming out uh, in June, so be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and Rumble. We have social pages where we're putting all the highlights and behind-the-scenes stuff. And then, of course, please subscribe to this podcast and share it if you liked it. I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great weekend and happy Memorial Day. Thank you to all of the people that sacrificed so that we could be here in this country. And we need to honor them with proper education and raising of our children to continue the generations to come. All right. Bye-bye. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.